Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Tending the Vine. My name is Camille and I'm excited to be here to talk to you some more on what we started touching on in our last episode about shame and hiding and hopefully in this episode we can dig into this a little bit more. Tending the Vine is a podcast of Trellis Counselling. It's a space where we talk about all things relating to our mental, emotional and social health and we look at them through the lens of scripture and I often also try to share things that I'm learning and where I'm learning them from so not all this information just comes from me um, but it is a space where you can move towards other things and learn more about what scripture says and how you can find comfort from God's word on these topics especially some of these really heavy and big ones. Now, in our last episode, we touched on the idea of of shame, and it's something I want to take the time to start talking about a little bit more, and all these ways that we hide. Shame is something that's really important to talk about, something that's really important that we understand, because it touches on all of our lives in so many different ways. But the very nature of what shame is makes it challenging to talk about and challenging for us to pay attention to the ways that it shows up in our lives. So I really pray that as I talk about this stuff and as you listen, that I can approach this with with wisdom and care that's so important to do this well. Um, And I also pray that this is something that you can understand well and that we can just start learning more about this and start having more conversations about this because it's not something that one conversation or a series of conversations is going to cover everything. And it's something that just shows its head in so many parts of our lives. But as we start to understand it a little bit more, hopefully we can have more of a framework that fits into more of our conversations when we do talk about hard things and have the courage to talk about hard things. Um, shame tries to have this say over who we are, our sense of self, our identity. They, they can be so readily touched by shame. And so many of the topics that we want to address when it comes to our mental health, our emotions, our relationships, our sexuality, parenting, marriage, and all so many more topics that we hope to reflect on in the space of mental, emotional, social, and spiritual health, they are all impacted by shame. And the thing with shame is that shame's so sticky. And it's this voice that speaks so strongly about who we are that we can't address any of these topics without knowing how to identify shame and what it's doing. And we can't address these things and our, our identity when shame is so prevalent in our own lives because it means that the way that we're addressing and, and the things that we're hiding they're not going to be touched because we're going to listen and shame's going to say, yes, that's true for everyone else, but not for me. So as we start to talk and reflect on shame, we can hopefully grow in knowing what it looks like and through that we can see how how it's hiding and so many of the difficulties and the problems hiding. We can learn to see how it is hiding in so many of the difficulties and the problems that we face. Um... Before we go much further, a definition of what shame is and what it looks like and what it is not might be helpful. When it comes to the topics of shame and of guilt, it's easy to look at the two together. And while guilt is something that we find easy to address and we've got a good framework for addressing, we don't always realise that we're overlooking shame at the same time. 
So in his book, Shame Interrupted, Ed Welsh gives us the definition of shame as shame is the deep sense that you are unacceptable because of something that you did, something that was done to you or something associated with you. Shame is something that leaves you feeling exposed and humiliated. We are disgraced because we acted less than human. We were treated as less than human or were associated with something less than human. He offers this really helpful distinction between shame and guilt because they are such close companions. And he explains it in this way. Guilt is found in the courtroom setting. You're responsible of wrongdoing. Or shame is found in, in community. It says that you don't belong, that you are unacceptable, unclean, disgraced, that something about you is wrong. And Brene Brown offers the distinction that shame is a focus on self, while guilt is a focus on behaviour. Shame is I am bad, guilt is I did something bad. Now hopefully these distinctions can help you understand shame and how we're looking at shame and some of the ways that we can find shame in our own lives. So shame wants things to remain hidden. It thrives on secrets and distance and, and hiding, the whispers, the voices in our heads and the voices behind our backs that say that we are not good enough, that we are worthless or that we're a failure. Shame is found in the places where we feel that we don't belong or the parts of us that we push aside so that we fit in. It's the voice in our head that says, I suck or I'm such a failure. We find shame in the ways that we say we're not enough, in the ways that we feel exposed, in ways we feel naked or disgraced. Now, shame is something that we find most definitely in the extreme and painful and heavy experiences of abuse, of trauma and addiction. But as we learn to pay attention and know what shame really is, it's something that we find everywhere in all of our lives. The best way for us to start to pay attention to shame is to pay attention to the ways that we are hiding. We ask ourselves the question, what do I want to hide? Sometimes we can spend so much time hiding parts of ourselves, so much time building walls and putting up masks, and we're not always sure of the ways that we hide. Other times we can easily land on things that we're trying to hide, sins that we don't want anyone to know about, addiction, pornography use, trauma or assault that we've experienced at the hands of someone else, and something that has been done to us that has left us feeling vile and dirty and worthless especially sexual assault that has violated an incredibly precious part of who we are. We might want to hide our sexuality or struggles and temptations that we face and think that we're alone in facing. We might want to hide our struggles with our mental health or the burdens that we carry because we don't think anyone else is carrying them and we think we're alone. Well, there's something else that we want to keep hidden and we can think of that straight away. But as we learn to pay more attention to the things that we want to hide and the patterns of shame in our lives, we can grow in seeing that there is shame in so many more places. There are patterns of behaviour, definitions around status and success and belonging that sees shame being built into our culture and our communities. 
We find ourselves surrounded by these unwritten rules and standards that need to be met while feeling as if we are never enough, that we never measure up and we continue to live from a place of scarcity but hide it so that nobody ever sees. When it comes to this more, shall I say, subtle or insidious type of shame, sometimes we don't see it as easily because the mask that we're wearing is built in. The ways that we hide is stuck to our skin and, and it's something that we don't know how to take off anymore. The walls and the hiding spots have been there for such a long time that we think they're a part of us, that we think they're normal. And then when we start to think about it in that way, we, we move from the question, what do I want to hide, to how am I hiding? Because we're not always aware of what we want to hide, but we can grow in awareness of how we're hiding so that we can see what it is that we want to hide. Hiding looks different for different people and it looks different for the same person at different times. Now, one common way of hiding that I see is being crazy busy. We've talked about crazy busy previously when it comes to rest, being still and living out of that deep relationship with God and finding ways to cultivate that. But crazy busy is also a way of hiding, not just from those around us, but also a way of hiding from ourselves. There is a status that we have attached to being busy, a sense of achievement that we've when we've mastered the hustle and then we look like we're getting all the things done and we take pride in being exhausted and other unhealthy habits or behaviours that we pick up because we are doing so much. And there's also a status and a worth that is attached to the things that we're doing so we feel like the more things that we can do, the more committees and board boards that we can be a part of in addition to our work, the volunteering that we do, also the things that we achieve and do within our work, the money we get, the promotions, the growth in our business, the respect, whatever it is, we, we see there's so much status and worth that's attached to them and ways to build ourselves up. And as we do that, we keep hustling so that we can try and silence the voice that tells us we are not good enough. So we can show those little gremlins that are whispering all these messages of self-doubt and shame that we do achieve things. And we are worthy of achieving those things. Maybe we're even hustling so that we can prove others wrong. Those who said that we will never get anywhere or be anything or that just made us feel so worthless previously. We think that maybe the more money in our bank account will mean that we know that we are worth something or the respect we get through our promotion or just through the work that we do from others means that we are an honourable person. But that doesn't last. At the end of the day, when things are quieter, when we're not moving anymore, the voice is still there. The little shame gremlins are telling us that we are not enough. That we're just deceiving ourselves really well. Being crazy busy also means we hide from ourselves. We are so always so far out in front of our lives that we cannot pay attention to the things that are happening. We're always rushing onto the next thing and the voice that tells us that we don't measure up is drowned out by all the other things that are filling our minds. And when we finally do slow down, it is to sleep, to veg out watching Netflix or doom scroll because we don't have the capacity to do anything else. And this continues to silence the voice of shame. Perfectionism is another way we try to hide. If we polish everything up, have it just right, make it look good, we can hide the shame. 
we can disguise it as we wrap up our sense of self and our worthiness in the things that we accomplish. There is this performance focus on what we achieve and getting everything just right and looking really good. I think one of the more talked about areas that we might see this is in motherhood. Needing to do all the right things, to have our children behaving in the right way, involved in the right activities, having the right diet, um, having our houses the right level of cleanliness, also ourselves having the right diet for ourselves and exercise and all of those things. And we've even given this, given a name to this particular brand of shame. We call it mum guilt. But that's just one example of that standard of perfectionism and that continuing to strive and needing to have everything just right to cover the ways that we feel like we're not worthy. But there's perfectionism in so many more places. We can find it in our work and needing to have everything just right when it comes to the things that we do in work, in our friendships and other relationships and wanting the people that we spend time with to see us in a certain way. This is especially a good example of this is found in the way that we present ourselves on social media. And it even can be closely linked to all the things that we say yes to that make us crazy busy. Now there is a good and godly place for seeking to do our very best, for striving for excellence and working to bring God honour through the things that we do. But that's not what we find in perfectionism. We are trying to hide our shame by showing the world that we are something different. We wrap up our sense of self in what we do, what we achieve and how well we are achieving those things. And we wrap our sense of self and our identity in our accomplishments. This is not doing our best for God, even if that's the way we're trying to package it. All we are doing with these accomplishments is using them as something to hide behind. We are trying to quiet down the voice of shame, but that's not working. It continues to be there. And if we are successful at hiding our own shame, then we look down our noses and despise those who we think aren't doing good enough or measuring up to the high standard that we ourselves cannot even achieve. We're just pretending to achieve. This perfectionism can also be seen in the way that we find ourselves frustrated at ourselves or at those around us trying to control what's happening even when things are too far outside of our control and shutting down or procrastinating when we know that we are not able to achieve the standard that we want to meet. We end up in this little shame spiral. Not only is perfectionism a way to hide, but also that criticising of others, that judgement, the gossip and the cruelty that we find in this criticism and judgement is another way that we hide our own shame. We point these fingers, trying to elevate our own status by attacking others. We hide by shining light on the flaws that we see in others, hoping that the attention on them will mean that no one sees through the cracks to our own shame. This can be in the open face-to-face criticism and judgment of others while we're engaging with them and pointing fingers at how they are not measuring up to whatever standard we think they should be but it's also in the ways that we gossip and speak about others behind their backs there's a reason that negative stories and hardship are the things that fuel our gossip so much more than the positive ones 
Another way that we hide is by kind of letting it all hang out or celebrating the things that make us feel shame. Now, that doesn't really sound like a way to hide. But just bear with me for a moment and hopefully I can explain it so that things are a little less confusing. A little less confusing. Doing this, hanging, letting it all hang out and celebrating our shame is a way for an individual or a community to take control of the narrative and take control of the experience of shame. And they're trying to take away the shame by consciously or unconsciously making it something that they openly or loudly celebrate. I think maybe a better way to explain this is, is by an example. So I think if somebody calls you out or identifies something that you've done like a sin or something that you just not have not quite done right and even if they do it in this really loving and compassionate way and are trying to help you look at the guilt in the situation of the ways that you haven't quite done it in the right way so not your shame it's easy for us inside of ourselves to move from i did something bad or i didn't do something right to I am a bad person and these shame gremlins really can take hold of that and shake us up so that instead of moving towards seeking forgiveness from the person and the others involved and from God, we move towards hiding in the best way we can. And because some of that exposure has already happened, it often looks like saying something to the effect of, well, this is just me. I'm like that. It's what I do. Just deal with it. We sort of try and negate the shame that we are feeling by saying well it just is so 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 let's celebrate this and it can also be in the way of of gathering people together and finding community in people who are involved in the same thing that brings us shame um or other bad behaviors too and, and doing it collectively the more of a people that are associated with the behaviour or the sin or whatever it is, the better. Um, and that this can also be seen in the way that we tell people about these things that we're ashamed of. We don't really tell them as if we're ashamed, but we make it a joke or we make it something that is worth celebrating and pretend that it's okay. And at the same time, while this is what we are, the face that we are presenting, the gremlins on the inside are still shouting very loudly. We, we hide the impact that the shame is having on us, but it's still very, very loud on the inside. Now, we've talked about some of the ways that we hide, and I hope this gives you a bit of a framework to start paying attention to the ways that you are hiding in your own life. Now, I don't, and I don't want to leave you there. I don't want you to leave you there being able to pay attention to shame a little bit more and then falling into this downward spiral. And I want to point you to scripture instead and to Christ because that is where we find the answers to our shame. Instead of hiding, we lean into Christ and we find hope. Now, in Ed Welsh's book, Shame Interrupted, that we mentioned earlier, he identifies how scripture speaks into the topic of shame much more than it does guilt. We know the word shame is not one that's used a lot, but we find it in these themes of nakedness, of being unclean, of being an outcast, that these strong themes woven throughout scripture and strong themes that Christ addresses on the cross. 
In Christ, we move from being naked to being clothed. We are clothed and dressed in royal robes of white. We are dressed in the most glorious way possible. And in Christ, we are made clean. We're no longer unclean, but we are washed by his blood. We are purified so that we're no longer dirty. We're no longer clean. We are no longer unacceptable. We are sanctified and holy. And in Christ, we are drawn into his people. In Christ, we belong. We're not an outcast anymore, but we are drawn in as members of God's family. In Christ, we have hope. Our association with him takes our shame away. And as you pay attention to the ways that you hide and what it is that you might be hiding, know that you are known and loved by a God. He sees these things and he sees our shame and he continues to pursue us. He continues to seek after us and makes it possible for us to have a relationship with him. And it is in that relationship that we have with him that our shame is lifted. And this is all something I hope to talk some more about in our next episode. Another resource that we have here at Trellis is a program from the Christian Counselling Education Foundation that looks at the topic of shame and guilt. It's called Uncovering Shame and Guilt, How Jesus Enters Our Experience. And it looks at how scripture is so in tune with shame and guides us to see how God calls us out of hiding, how he removes our shame and draws us in as his children. It is something that looks at such a heavy topic with so much grace that we find ourselves infused with the light of scripture that guides us through it. I really strongly recommend that you go through it together with a small group, a trusted member or as a Bible study. And it's really, really valuable. So if you're interested in that, you can let me know. Um, You can get in touch on Instagram, which is at Trellis Counselling, two L's. Or Facebook and you can also find us on our website which is www.trelliscounseling there's three w's www.trelliscounseling.org again two l's we release new episodes for our podcast every second wednesday hope you stick around and have a listen and as i mentioned earlier in our next episode we hope to look more at the hope that we have from scripture and the way that scripture is infused with bringing light into the heaviness and weight of our shame. Get in touch, send me a message or an email, even if it's just to say hi. I would love to know more of your thoughts and feedback on our podcast or some of the topics you're interested in or questions that you might have and I really just would love to hear from you. Until next time.